Thank you for joining us for this session zero of Journey into the Voidlands. So this is a little introduction because I realize that there's a bit of a learning curve with the new game and we didn't exactly explain what all would be a part of it in the first game. So here is your introduction and the best beginning point for Journey into the Voidlands. This game is a new campaign, actual play type D&D thing. And we will be beginning in Impios, which is the world that I created, homebrew style, of course. And the city, the main city in Impios is Asmar. Impios is a world that is being created. It is a world where anything and everything is possible. And I know that that scope is kind of a turnoff for some players, but I really do believe that this is going to be something fun that we can do to help build a world as a group. Our other campaign, Chaos Plan, as amazing as that game is, it is so broad in spec and so meta and so crazy that this is a new flavor, a new tone. While there is some meta fun ridiculousness involved, as all D&D games usually end up being, this one is a much more higher risk, a much more dark and gritty campaign, uh, despite what the first few episodes sound like. Back to the world itself. So Impios, as I said, is a world that is in the process of being created. There are three creator gods within the world of Impios, and these are Law, Chaos, and Neutrality. They are referred to as creator gods, but they are not actual deities or beings that have a manifested form, humanoid or otherwise. They would be closer to natural disasters, like a hurricane, like a thunderstorm, like a blizzard, a volcanic eruption. That is what these gods are. They are forces of creation. And as their names imply with the alignment scale, chaos is utter chaos. It will create anything that is not orderly. So think of volcanic eruptions. Think of a miring swamp. Think of a dense and twisted forest. That is what chaos would create. Law would bring about orderly things, fertile farmlands, vast plains. Forests as well, but they would be much more medieval European style forests, not the dark and twisty forests that you would expect from Curse of Strahd or one of those other type of games. And neutrality is, as I said, neutral. It would create both chaos and lawful, but it's usually much less chaotic and a little less orderly, for lack of a better term. So there would be rolling plains, but instead of them being vast and fertile farmland, they would be more like sand dunes. It would be a vast open area that is both beautiful but hostile at the same time. Neutrality would also be responsible for many of the lakes and rivers that were created. And it can get a lot more chaotic from there and crazy. There are also dungeons that have been brought in from who knows where, only the gods can tell. The gods are also the ones responsible for creating the races and the people within the world of Impios. Impios has a very short history in relative terms, less than 1200 years, and races just come into being. They are created as a group. No one knows if they're teleported in, nobody knows if they're just spawned from nothingness, but everybody that arrives at Impios in a new race type form doesn't have any memories of the past they are just here and they know that they are here they have basic understanding of the world but nobody really knows why or how and that is part of the reason why adventurers which are the main economical driving force of this world are so popular and why it is such a major profession 
adventurers go out seeking the gods to ask them a boon and a favor. Those that survive long enough to do so can create a part of the world at an image that they want. They can bring in more of their people. They can do astounding godlike things. Unfortunately, people have done that for both good and bad. And the ones that have done so for the evil have created vast and terrible evils. That is part of the reason why the Voidlands is so hostile. Centuries ago, a mage managed to make his way over to the God of Chaos, and he asked the God of Chaos to give him an army with which he could conquer the world. And the God of Chaos responded in kind. He created horrible, twisted, mutated monsters that were unable to be defeated. But the mage was not careful enough in his wordings, and they eventually turned on their master and now roam free. The world is split into the made lands, the half-made lands, the unmade lands, and the void lands. The made lands are the area where the world is pretty much settled. It has been created and it has been mostly ridded of monstrous threats. A few do escape into the made lands, but they are few and far between and are usually rooted out very quickly. This is the area around Asmar itself and several near communities. Then you get into the half-made lands. These are where the world is mostly formed, but occasionally something will appear that shouldn't be there. These are areas that are in the process of being settled, of being tamed, but they have not been tamed yet. This would be mostly outposts and villages of less than 50 people. Any massive amount of population would draw way too much attention, and thus they are mostly unsettled. The unmade lands, are those that are still in the process of being formed. Weather patterns here are extreme. You could have a blizzard one day and scorching heat the next. You could have enough rainfall to flood out an entire village and then no rain for the next year or two. These areas are very volatile. Monsters also freely roam here. They aren't the eldritch abominations of the void lands, but they are still monstrous in kind. Direwolves, the undead, Hordes of goblins and orcs and ogres of the feral nature, not the civilized nature that would be within Asmar. Mutated creatures. These are some of the threats that can be found in the unmade lands. In the void lands, nobody knows what's there. The void lands are where the gods are actively creating the world. The presence themselves is within the void lands. And if the unmade lands are extreme in their weather patterns and in their shape, terrain, and form. The void lands are beyond that. The void lands are as if you are stepping into the astral plane itself and just keep phasing back and forth between ethereal, astral, and material. The world itself is literally in the process of being created. Land may be land one minute, water the next, open air the next, and nothing but a void after that. They are treacherous, and few ever return. But those that do manage to navigate it and get to one of the three gods is able to ask a boon that could turn them very much into a god. They are the most deadly areas to traverse, and only the bravest of the adventurers will ever make it. All right, now for a little bit of a chat about Asmar itself. Asmar is a melting pot of peoples and of culture, and it is not exactly the most lawful place in the world, though the guilds and the noble houses do their best to rein in crime, except for those who fully endorse it. Asmar itself is a massive metropolis, and it houses 80% of the population of Impios. 
While that population is relatively small compared to what you would expect in a normal world or setting, there is still a very large number of races and people that can be found here. Noble houses and guilds form the main government of the city. You belong to one of the two. There are a large number of guilds, including the Arcanist Guild, the Brawler's Guild, the Hunter's Guild, the Magitech Guild, the Merchant's Guild, the Naturalist Guild, and the Tinkerer's Guild. They form a society of laborers and of specialists who work their hardest to create a fair and equal world within Impios. They are united with their guild structure, and the heads of the guild form a council that makes decisions for guild policies as a whole. While the guilds would love to get along better with the noble houses, there is so much tension and so much past hurt that they don't get along very well, uh, as is a common theme in my games. I love the political intrigue side of neither one trusting the other, so on and so forth. Moving on to that other side, the Noble Houses. The Noble Houses contain House Darklight, House Thane, House Bronzebeard, House Gull, House Hardcastle, House Glaive, and House Lindholm. All of the houses have their own specialty, but they aren't as job-oriented. They all have a particular alignment requirement and usually a proficiency or a skill set that is required. You will recognize some of the names from some of our characters in the Chaos Plan. When we went on hiatus for the Chaos Plan, we decided that, you know, if they if the characters wanted to, they could level up their player characters to level 20 and become the head of a house. So you will recognize some names there. The Noble Houses are not necessarily evil. They are not necessarily a monarchy uh, in and of themselves. But they are very much a matriarchy or a patriarchy, depending on the house head. They are led by that head of house, and they have final say in all decisions. On to the binding force. What makes these houses and guilds get along and work together? The Adventurer's Court is the central gathering point, employment agency, and overall mediator between the houses and the guilds. The Adventurer's Court is run by several speakers. All the speakers have decision-making authority, and they each control a large number of adventurers. Some of these parties are more experienced than others, some of these are more specialized than others, so a speaker may pick and choose what type of adventuring parties he wants to be in charge of. The speakers are well-known and well-respected within the guilds and the houses themselves. Frequently, a speaker is able to sway things in one way or another to end any kind of feuds that could be happening. The Adventurer's Court is where all jobs within the city are coordinated. Adventurers go to the Adventurer's Court in order to receive these jobs, their payment, and any other details regarding them. They are also the ones responsible for sending out rescue teams in order to help parties that may have bitten off more than they could chew with particular quest. Alright, and finally on to the setting and the theme for the game. I am an avid lover of homebrew, and as such, pretty much any homebrew class or race that is at least most of the way balanced is open for this game. The players are made up of our Patreon group, so if you want a more dark and gritty game, join our Patreon and uh, you're able to join in on the game. We do have a guild code of conduct that can be found on our website, www.theadventuringguild.com, and as long as you are willing to play within those rules, you are more than welcome at our table. So the setting is a bit darker than what you would normally find in a D&D game. As I said, there are going to be there moments of humor and comedy, and of course within the city of Impios, all sorts of shenanigans can end up happening. But for the most part, this is going to be a more dark game. 
there are going to be situations where if the players decide to fight instead of run, they will most likely die. I won't intentionally kill players off. I don't believe that, you know, the DM should just kill players to kill players. But if the players do something stupid, or if they don't listen to warnings, or intentionally bite off more than they can chew, a death could occur. This game also has some very vivid combat scenes, some body horror like you would find in a Call of Cthulhu or other horror genre type game. But I will always post content warnings at the beginning of the episodes if there is anything that is excessively graphic. And by excessively graphic, I don't mean I'm going to intentionally try to make the players throw up. It is more along the lines of scenes that they will find of crimes that have been committed. Murder and magical experiments are always a bit gritty and dark, and some of the eldritch abominations will defy logic. Simply looking at them has a chance to frighten the players and cause them to flee in terror, but that's about as bad as it's going to get. Last but not least, we record pretty much everything over Discord, so feel free to join our Discord group. We hope to stream eventually, but until that actually happens, we will be always recording on Discord, and anybody that is a member of our Patreon has access to listen in on those games if they would like to. We do ask that you mute your mic and that you just listen quietly. We do have a recording text channel where our game text will go. You can see our rolls live for those who use it. We do allow for rolling dice on the table at on the honor system. So if there's more than three nat 20s in a row, you know something's going on. But for the most part, Joining our Discord gets access to all the ridiculous memes that are posted while we're playing a game. Shark memes are a very frequent addition to our Discord, as Captain Mako, one of the characters you will meet, is easy bait. Ha! You get it? Shark bait? Ha ha ha! It's fine, you can quit listening, I don't blame you. Captain Mako, a member of House Gull, is a shark man, for lack of a better term. And so there are always shark-themed memes that are popping up. Other than that, whenever something hilarious happens at the table, somebody has to find a meme or a gif that they can post up there just to mess with the players and totally break character. We encourage this. So as I've said, if you would like to listen in, join our Discord and get in on all that fun. If you folks have any questions about the game, feel free to email us at dmbob at theadventuringguild.com or hop onto Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We're on all those places and we'll answer any questions you folks have. Thank you very much for paying attention long enough to get through this dump of information and we hope that you enjoy the game. Mm -hmm.